What's going on? You're listening to episode 64 of Fearless Rebel Radio. Are you someone that is dating or are you in a relationship and you want to make that relationship stronger or you're trying to attract the right partner or you want to be more intimate and you're not confident enough, then you're definitely going to enjoy this episode where I'm talking to Veronica Grant, who is a dating mindset coach. Before we get started, I have a really slight trigger warning. It's not really that triggering, but I just want to put it out here first in case you are sensitive to this or you're trying to avoid any type of diet talk. Veronica practices a certain lifestyle and um, she doesn't preach it on anybody else, but there is mention of her of her lifestyle in the very beginning when she introduces herself. Um, and so I just wanted to put that in there. If you skip ahead to the 10 or 11 minute mark, that's when we get into most of the meat of the episode. So you can still enjoy it. And it really is an awesome episode. She has a lot of good stuff to offer. So I think you will enjoy it. Before we get started, I want to remind you to get my free 10 day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies, or you can go to thebodyimagecoach.com. All right, let's get started with the show. Hey, everybody. Today, I am talking to Veronica Grant. Veronica is a dating mindset coach, host of Date Yourself Radio, and creator of the Dating Mindset Bootcamp. She helps smart, savvy women attract the right relationship to them. On the surface, Veronica helps women enjoy the process of dating, plus meet higher quality men, but what she really does is teach women how to treat themselves the way they want to be treated. Welcome to the show, Veronica. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, me too. As I was saying to you, I get asked about, uh, you know, like relationship type questions Mm -hmm. or like, oh my God, I'm going on a date and I'm freaking out. Uh, What do I do? So I'm excited to have uh, you on here. I've been out of the dating game for like 13 years. So I, I, yeah, I'm just like not even familiar with that territory anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um, I'm I've been out of the dating game for about actually three years this weekend. Oh, cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally changed. I mean, when I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, 13 years ago, there, there was no, there, I don't even think like internet dating was like really obscure. Like it was not popular. Like you had to do the good old fashioned way of like getting drunk in a bar. And that's how you, (laughs) that's how I met my husband. (laughs) No, that's how I met Stevie too, which is hilarious because when I met him, I jokingly say I was up to my knees and online dating. I had like five dates a week. And so because I was, you know, thinking, oh, I online date, that's how I'm meeting guys right now. And I was like, not even in that zone at the bar that I was at when I met Stevie, I was acting more natural and authentic and just having fun. And of course, that's when I met Stevie. So it's funny how that kind of stuff happens. Yeah, it's when you least <laughs> expect it, right? So we'll, we'll talk about that too. Yeah. But um, I'd love you to tell our listeners a little bit more about you and um, how you got to where you are today. Yeah, yeah. So my story really goes back to when I was growing up in my high school years, college, and even my early 20s, I really wanted to be in a relationship. I jokingly call myself the female version of Ted Mosby, who's the main character of the American TV show, How I Met Your Mother, where he's basically like in this epic search for his soulmate. And I felt like that was pretty much, you know, that pretty much describes my teen years, my college years, my early to mid 20s. And my friends kept coupling off, they kept getting married, some were having babies. And I just got, 
I just started to feel really, really desperate. And I really couldn't figure out why I was so undateable. And a lot of the guys I was, I really had to one or two patterns. So either I was attracting emotionally unavailable men, um, or I would attract someone who would potentially be a really great partner. But I would always, you know, when push came to shove, I would always end up pushing them away because I just couldn't uh, handle the relationship for whatever reason. And of course, at the time, I didn't realize that or realize what was going on. At the same time, I really struggled with body image and feeling um, worthy and feeling good and feeling comfortable in my body. And so I had this really unhealthy relationship um, with food and with counting calories. I mean, I have memories of being in my cubicle or my office and closing the door and doing jumping jacks because I needed to, quote unquote, earn calories before I could go out to, you know, a happy hour with my with my friend. Mm-hmm. Um and, and of course, I didn't realize how intricately connected these two parts of my life were. I thought that the more that I dieted and the more that I, um, the better that I looked and the better that I, um, I should say just, keep, yeah, the better that I looked, I thought that I would be more worthy of a guy. And I thought, I truly believed that I lost, if I lost the last five, 10 pounds or so, then I could have any guy in any relationship that I wanted. And I really thought it was that simple. And then I had a really stressful job where I really couldn't take care of myself. Um, I was working like probably close to 100 hours a week. And that was a temporary job. And then that job ended. And after that job ended, I was mentally, emotionally, physically depleted. I was so tired. And I literally didn't have the energy to get back on my health regimen. And I was like, I need to do something different. And so at the same time, I had these friends who were vegans. And I'm not a vegan now, and I, you know, I don't advocate any particular diet, but what I was really attracted to them or to the way they ate was just how much they loved food. They loved talking about food. They blogged about their food. They took pictures of their food. They, they loved food. And I was just like, I don't understand this relationship with food. Like To me, food was just a number, and it was just a way for me to control how my worthiness so that I then could get the guy that I wanted. Like That was really my equ- equation. But I was very curious about how they just loved food and just had this like really authentic, holistic relationship with it. So I decided to become a vegan. And, um, and it was good for a while. It served me for the couple of years that I was a vegan because it helped me really to heal my relationship with food. And it was the first time in my life where uh, food did make me feel good. And it, I could truly tell, you know, when I was eating better and just eating for health and eating for energy, I just felt better. And the size of my body began to matter a lot less. And I felt confidence. Um, that's also when I started getting more into my yoga practice and building a self-care routine. And it started to affect my dating. I realized that if a date didn't go the way I wanted it to go, or if I got rejected, or um, if a guy looked good on paper, but I just didn't really feel it, instead of just trying to make it work, because I felt like it should have worked, um, I would just effortlessly let it go. And about six months into that new lifestyle uh, was when I met Stevie. And that was three years ago, and we're still going strong. Cool. That's awesome. So how, so, I mean, it sounds to me like you ended the kind of constant dieting Mm -hmm. and um so yeah I mean talk to me about like how how that really helped you with with dating 
Yeah. So my constant dieting was really just a way for me to feel control over my worthiness. So I've always had issues around perfectionism. And I really believed that, you know, I had this limiting belief that probably at some point was instilled with me, instilled in me as a child that I had to be perfect to uh, receive love or to be worthy of, um, someone or something else. And, and so for me, counting calories and trying to lose weight and be skinnier and skinnier and skinnier, um, was my way to control whether or not guys would like me. And, you know, that affected who I was attracting because, you know, I said earlier that I attracted two types of guys, either emotionally unavailable ones. And of course I couldn't figure out why the heck I was attracting emotionally unavailable when I wanted nothing more than to be in a relationship. But I was attracting those types of guys because I was really emotionally unavailable because behind this facade, there was just nothing there. Mm -hmm. Or I would attract somebody who um, could have been a really great match. And there's one particular relationship um, that comes to mind when I think about this, um, who would have, he was really sweet. He was a really great guy. And he really did want that relationship that I really wanted. Uh, But again, because there is this facade and, It wasn't that I was empty on the inside. I just didn't know how to access it. And so when it came time to be vulnerable, you know, getting into a more serious relationship, I I couldn't deal with it. So I I had no choice but to push that person away. And it definitely manifested physically, too. I mean, I remember just tensing up if he would put his arm around me because I was like, oh, my gosh, what if he grabs a roll? And he was also skinnier than me. He was like one of the taller, skinnier type of guys. I remember looking at him one day just thinking, oh, my gosh, if he just weighed 15 more pounds, this guy would be my soulmate. And that was really what I thought would have been my soulmate if he just weighed 15 more pounds, as um, as subjective as that is. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you, I mean, it sounds to me like this comes down to kind of self-care, which... You, you know, you talk about on your website about like, you you know, dating, dating yourself. So, um, I mean, you, you kind of touched on the journey. You talked a little bit about like, you just, you know, you shifted like your, your relationship with food and it wasn't necessarily like, because you were, you chose to eat like a certain way, but it was because like your relationship with food changed. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, I mean, how did, how did you shift like your relationship with yourself through that process? I think it kind of happens, you know, that's a really interesting question because I think it just kind of happened organically. Um, because, and perhaps it was just at the same time when I was, you know, getting into this whole vegan thing and like taking pictures of my food. Like if you go into my Instagram account, like three years ago, I'm like, taking pictures of all the food I was eating. Um, and I think it would just made me feel excited. It made me, it gave me energy. I wasn't eating, um, like the processed foods just so I could easily, more easily count the calories, which is what I was doing before. Um, and I was also getting more into my, uh, yoga, which, which, um, in turn, I got into a regular meditation practice. I did my teacher training, um, Uh, my teacher training certification as well in yoga. And so I think all of this just kind of helped me get to know like who I was and um, what I had to offer to the world, but also to offer to a relationship. And so it just helped me feel more confident because I think before I really didn't know what I truly had to offer other than my body essentially, or the way I, the way I looked and that will only get you so far in, in a happy relationship. Mm -hmm. 
So what can, what can someone do if their self-image is, is holding them back from dating? Yeah, so I think a couple of things. So the first thing is really to, and I advocate this all the time across all, all over my website, is to just date yourself and to get to know yourself and to really create a relationship with yourself that mirrors the relationship that you ultimately want with a partner, with a romantic partner. Um, And so think of, you know, what I walk my clients through is to get really clear on how you want your relationship to make you feel. So do you want it to make you feel beautiful, love, sexy, cherished, um, secure? You know, those are like some of the most common things that I get from clients. And then get curious, like, okay, like, what could I do for myself that would make me feel these things? And so it's not about... Um, trying to go out there and get those from other people or other things um, because no one can make you feel how you want to feel more than yourself. And and so that just helps you to uh, be more comfortable, again, with who you are and in your, and in your body. And then kind of another um, caveat to that is, you know, I have a lot of women in my community who don't like the way they look or don't feel comfortable in their body. And a lot of times they will post like, or think about affirmations, like I love myself or I love my body. I am beautiful. Um, but you know, those types of feel good quotes and there might be warm and fuzzy and it might be nice if we believed that. But if we don't really believe that I always start with, um, starting with acceptance first, because I really believe you have to accept something before you can love it. So And I think a really good way to do that is to show gratitude. So if you can't, you know, come around to loving the rolls in your belly or if you think your thighs are too big or whatever, um, just find appreciation. Like, wow, my thighs, like, get me to work every day and that's how I have a roof over my head. And my belly allows me to enjoy this delicious, amazing food that so many people don't have to enjoy in um, in their life or you know, if it's their nose, they think their nose is too big, like my nose allows me to smell all the pretty flowers in my neighborhood, whatever it is, just finding some gratitude for your body so then you can eventually accept it and then move into, into loving your body and loving yourself. Make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so, like, I know there's a, lot of, I, there's a lot of kind of people out there that say, you have to love yourself before somebody else can love you. Mm-hmm. Um, is it possible for a woman to learn to love herself while she's in a relationship? You know, I, I, I hesitate to say anything is impossible, um, but I definitely think that if you don't love yourself, then it's going to be really hard to attract the, uh, the type of partner that and the type of relationship that you're looking for. Um, however, I mean, you know, I do, I do hear of people that, you know, their partner helped them to love themselves or to feel more comfortable with themselves or whatever it is. Um, and so I would say it's more of probably the anomaly than the, uh, than the norm. Um, because a lot of times when we don't love ourselves or when we don't have positive or, um, good thoughts about ourselves, then we seek those, those emotions and those needs and other people. And then this creates um, like a codependent or a dependent relationship. It can be a one or a two way, two way street thing. And I always think of like looking at like two puzzle pieces, like two puzzle pieces, like one has like a void and one has like little thing that sticks out and they need each other to become whole. And that type of relationship, you know, can be the type of relationship where you just feel like, Oh, this person's like my soulmate. It was just, we loved each other. And, and like, you, you know, it can just be very like, 
I, I think of this relationship as a type of relationship that happens on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette on ABC because mm-hmm. um, it's based on just, you know, getting, feeling these feelings that aren't coming from within yourself. And so, again, creates dependent or codependent relationships. And, I mean, it could definitely lead to, um, you know, emotionally or physically abusive relationships depending on the person. I mean, that's more of the extreme. But I think what's uh, more effective for a long-term sustainable relationship is to think of two circles coming together to create like a Venn diagram. And so each part has, you know, each circle is like full and complete and can make themselves like feel the way they want to feel and have really this full, complete life. And then they just merge and at the center where they, where the two circles intersect, like that's the relationship. That's where the magic happens. And it's about bringing the love to the relationship and bringing, um, uh, your desire, bringing how you want to, um, all the other ways you want to feel to that relationship. And then that person brings their feelings to the relationship and it just grows even more from there. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that uh, metaphor for it. Yeah. I I am one of those an- anomalies for sure. I was yeah. knee deep and crazy when I mm-hmm. met my husband. Actually, no. I, I think I got crazier like the first few years, and then I, <laughs> and then I got uncrazy. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I never say like... anything like. Yeah, I never say anything is impossible, and it's funny because you know Stevie and I have been together for three years, and. Um, I've grown so much as a person from, you know, just from being with him, like from where I was when we first started dating to where I am now. Um, I definitely think I was already on that path when we met. And, and that, in fact, he actually will say like, I, I, attra- um, he was attracted to me because I seemed really confident and I had like a lot of interesting things going on in my life and I had a lot to share and he was just really attracted to that. So I was certainly on that, um, that path. But yeah, for sure, he's helped me become so much of a better person and he helps me like keep myself in check um, because, you know, we all have our days and it's all two steps forward, one step back pretty much. And he helps me, you know, when it's that one step back kind of day. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I think for me it was, um, uh, you know, so even though I, I like really didn't feel good in my skin at all when I met my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he actually, he really helped me to kind of teach myself to love myself unconditionally. Mm. He's such a good guy. Like, oh my God, if I could clone him and give him to everybody, I would. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, he, he was like, he was, he was the type of person that I think, you know, we, we could grow together that way. But, um, you know, I never used to believe his compliments. Like he would compliment me and, um, and I would, and I would always just be the one to throw myself under the bus. So I know that he probably totally appreciate, like, I feel like he's way more attracted to me now than he was, uh, even maybe not way more because he's always been attracted to me, but like, I feel like there's more of like that connection now that like I'm comfortable in who I am. So, yeah, I think that you can definitely grow together and grow into it in a relationship. But, um, but I also think that like that relationship, like you said, you know, like the two circles coming together, like it becomes so much more powerful when you are yeah. really comfortable in, in, in your own skin. Definitely. definitely. So what are some ways that women can date themselves? Um, well, there's lots of ways. So the easiest thing to do when you're first getting started is just think of things you would want a partner to do for you and then do those for yourself. So some super easy ways, um, buy yourself flowers, 
cook yourself a nice meal. And instead of just zoning out to Netflix while you eat it, just actually sitting down at the table, even light a candle, set the table nice and have a really nice meal. Make it even a three course meal if you want. Um, write yourself a love note. Um, take a really like nice bubble bath with essential oils, maybe a glass of wine. Um, so those are like some really, uh, I don't want to say like stereotypical, but just some of like the core things you can do to date yourself. Um, and then once you get more into the self-care part and the building the self-love is when you can get into um, just doing things again that make you feel the way you want to feel. So if you want to feel centered, then maybe uh, journaling or uh, meditation or breathing exercises or a quiet yoga practice or walking in nature, or if you want to feel um adventurous in your relationship than heading down to the grocery store and buying some weird food and then bringing it home and trying to make it work in a meal that tastes okay. <laughs> um, or exploring a new neighborhood in your, um, in your town or going to a coffee shop or a bar or a restaurant and actually getting a meal or a drink by yourself. And that's, you know, one of the biggest challenges I always send my clients on. Um, but just getting really creative on doing things by yourself. And what I think is the best way to date yourself is to find activities that could be done in five minutes or five hours or, you know, as long as you have. So for example, like if you, um, go on a, like a nice walk in nature or in your neighborhood, you could theoretically do that for just five minutes if that's all you have, or you could do it for a couple hours if it was a weekend and you had more time. And the reason why I think this is really important is because A, it has to be something, um, or it, it's best if it's something that you can do by yourself, um, but also it's it's more sustainable that way and it's something that you can actually you know, bring into your daily life, into daily habits and as part of your self-care routine because um, you can commit to like one thing for five minutes a day. But if it was like something that required like a lot of moving pieces or it took two hours out of your day or cost a lot of money, then you're not going to necessarily commit to it every day. Yeah, this uh, this whole thing about like doing doing something by yourself, um, mm-hmm. that's like nerve wracking. I'm sure your clients yeah. just love it when you make them do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> depends how you define love. No, I mean they know that it's good for them, but um, yeah. So like you know, but if for some of my clients, like going to a bar by themselves, um, even if it's like a happy hour, it's not like a crazy bar or getting a meal by themselves, like. terrifies them. And so if it's just something that's just going to like literally give you an anxiety attack, then don't do it and start smaller. So start with, uh, so this one particular client that comes to mind who just could not go to a meal by herself out in a restaurant, I was like, okay, well, how do you eat at home? And she was like, oh, I can't eat without like looking at something, whether it's like her phone or the computer or TV. I'm like, okay, let's start there before you even go out to a restaurant. Just start at home and eat by yourself, set the table no Netflix, no computer, no phone, no anything, and just enjoy the food. And um, three weeks ago, she actually messaged me and she was like, I went to a meal by myself at a restaurant. I'm like freaking out. I had to text you. <laughs> but just start, start where you are. Um, if it's going to just send you to, um, you know, again, like anxiety town, then just don't do it. Yeah, that's a, uh, that, I mean, that's a good one. Cause like often, you know, I, I'll have some, I'll have a woman say to me, um, I'm about to go on a date and I'm like so mm-hmm. nervous. And I would think like, okay, if you're actually, if you actually can go and just like do something by yourself, that would make, that would take that anxiety away a lot. I would think. Yeah. It, for so when we're talking like getting ready for 
a like a date like you're you know getting like we were talking like less than an hour in um or t minus time till the date um one of the best things to do is just to practice this idea of non-attachment i teach it in yoga but date for fun not for the one because if you go to this date with you know immediately like have your perfect guy list on in your head and you're checking off boxes and you're thinking of you know you're just making it so like is this going to be the person that i'm going to go on a second date with third date is he going to be the person that i marry is it going to be a partner like and just thinking of all these things that may or may not happen in the future. Um, when you're living in the future, it's really, really hard to be, well, first it's hard to be in the present. And when you're not in the present, it's really, really hard to be authentic. And when you're not being authentic, it's really hard to see if there's even a genuine connection there. So I just, um, you know, I just repeat this mantra over and over, like date for fun, not for the one date for fun, not for the one. And that just brings them back to the present moment and just, and, you know, feel themselves sitting in the chair at the table, wherever they are on their date, just notice their surroundings, notice the person in front of you, notice what he's saying, um, and just being really, really present and just enjoying it. And whatever happens after the date happens. Um, that's the best advice I have for, you know, when you're like really getting ready, you're really soon for the date. Yeah. Like, do you have any other rituals that you recommend to kind of get more just like comfortable and confident before you go out on a date? Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of things. The first thing is to, I actually really recommend against buying like a new dress for that hot Saturday night date. Um, because if you buy a new dress or a new shirt or a new skirt or even new shoes or whatever, um, you don't really know how they're going to, they're going to fit. They might ride up. Um, you might realize something just starts itching you. Um, you know, and these are like small things, but like, if you don't know the clothes that you're in, it can make you really anxious because you're like, oh my God, like, is my midriff showing too much? Or like, is my shirt writing up? And it can just make you really anxious. So I always just recommend A, just wearing super comfortable clothes. Um, I mean, of course, you, you can be whatever you want that makes you feel attractive or however you want to feel on the date, but just something that you already own, like not like going out to buying that new dress for that hot Saturday night date. Um, <clears throat> that's number one. And, and then number two, I like to just sit down and uh, visualize the date going well, like actually just like sit down, set your timer on your phone. So you're not like checking the clock, you know, take a few breaths and then just visualize what happens, like visualize meeting the guy there. If he's picking you up, visualize that. And just like you're watching a movie, just watch it going well. And then of course, repeating over and over and over again, date for fun, not for the one date for fun, not for the one. Yeah, that's a good one. I probably, mm-hmm. I probably could have used that in my early 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> my other, my other like pre-date advice is just like, you know, like a bottle of wine. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would have said if I was in my early 20s. That's probably what I, what I did. And like, it's certainly, I mean, yeah, alcohol certainly does help loosen the nerves, but you know, it's definitely a dangerous um, yeah, slope to go down. <laughs> you don't want to show up sloppy for a date. <laughs> That's my dating advice. Um, so you, I was, I, you know, I was kind of just looking through your, you know, your website and um, some of the podcasts that you've done and you, you know, you talk about like these three steps to get into a relationship. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk about those a little bit? Yeah, so we've been talking a lot about the first step, which is um, become a great catch, which is really just creating this very intentional lifestyle. Um, Because really, you know, what I do is with my clients is just get really intentional on 
how you want to feel in your relationship and then designing your lifestyle around that because your relationship is not like does not exist in a vacuum it exists it's like part of the whole piece and so just um so that's that's the first step is just getting really intentional with how you want to feel and create those feelings every single day whether it's you know your self-care routine, your career, your the way you relate to your friends or yourself, your dog, whatever it is. Um, so that's first step, super strong self-care practice. And then the second step is to uh, look into some relationship patterns. So this is where I say get out of your own way. Um, so this is when we look at limiting, uh, limiting beliefs, um, deep-rooted fears we have around dating, um, looking at ex- exes, your parents' relationship, the relationship they have with each other, the relationship that you have with them, um, because that really informs a lot of the ways that we uh, subconsciously believe about love or dating or relationships or men. Um, And so that's really the second piece is just getting out of your own way. And then the third piece is just building your... uh, your safety container. This is something actually my my coach uh, that I worked with taught me, just building your safety container. Um, and it's similar to getting clear on how you want to feel in a relationship, but this is more of like, what do you need to feel safe? Um, and feeling safe in the sense of that you can be vulnerable with someone, that you can begin to trust someone, that you can open up to someone. Um, because I think, you know, you know, Brene Brown does her work on uh, vulnerability, um, but it's so important to a sustainable and not just sustainable, but just like I think the loving and deep relationship that so many of us want um, is really being able to be vulnerable, be open, have open, honest, authentic communication. And it really starts with the safety container. Cool. I really like that. I love that. Yeah. That, that process makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, um, you know, sometimes when I work with women, they start to become more confident and it can create a new dynamic in their relationship. And sometimes they start to question like whether this person is actually good for them. So I think kind of like mm-hmm. your experience is like when they become more emotionally available, they realize maybe this person that they're with isn't good for them. Do you have any mm-hmm. suggestions for women who feel like they've changed like how do how do you know when to move on from a relationship and or whether to stay yeah. and try and make it work? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is such a uh, good question. So a couple things. A lot of times, and I found this in my own relationship. When we grow, or when I grow, we grow. Um, you know, when I just start taking care of myself and doing my routines, my self practice. You know, sometimes the the partner will see that and. I think more maybe on a subconscious level, start doing that as well. And, and so, you know, that might happen if that doesn't happen. A couple other things. Um, the first thing is, I think it's worth to have a conversation around, you know, what's changed or what hasn't changed and, you know, where that gap is. But I think what's really important and what's more effective rather than being like, well, you don't do this or you always do that is actually just to kind of show the person, um, you know, what you believe or what you do or what your values are. Um, and that's kind of like what I was just saying before. And, you know, my own relationship, I just start doing something and then my partner kind of just like, oh, okay, like I get this, like we eat green smoothies every morning or drink green smoothies every morning. I mean, that's more of a simple example. Um, so that's, that's the first thing is just to, allow space for that person to potentially grow with you. And then, you know, if it's just not working and you're just not really sure and you're like having that feeling in your gut or in your chest, um, I like to 
and this is, oh my gosh, I get this question all the time, but just to check and see what my, what's going on in my body. Because the problem is, I'm sure that any one of your clients going through this will be able to think through the situation on either like on both sides, like they will be able to convince themselves that yes, they should stay in this relationship. And they will also probably be able to think through and convince themselves that no, they should not stay in this relationship. Um, Cause that's how the mind works. The mind just runs a mi- million miles a minute. But I think what will always be telling is what's going on on the deeper level, like on your intuition. So I like to sit for five to 10 minutes with any decision, whether or not it's something you're going, you know, leaving a relationship or if it's just something like, I don't know, something else going on in your personal life, professional life, anything is just to sit with yes and no and see what that feels like in the body. And again, just set a timer, close your eyes um, so you're not watching the clock and just say, okay, I'm going to stay in the relationship. I'm going to make this work. Like we're going to, we're going to take this to the next level and just see what it feels like. And if you start feeling more expansive and open um, and it just feels like a good feeling that in your chest or your gut um, or your belly, then it might, that might be the decision. However, if it just starts feeling tight um, and maybe like your chest is, you know, feels like someone's squeezing your chest or your shoulders feel heavy or tight, or you might get that like dropping feeling in your gut, then that's generally like your intuition being like, oh, nope, not a good idea to stay in this relationship. And then you can, um, you know, act upon that accordingly. Yeah, that's, um, that's actually something I, the way that's like, that's the way I teach to women to, to trust their intuition is like, you can always feel it in your body. Yes. Yeah. Same thing with, with this, any relationship issue, um, anything you, any big decision you need to make about your relationship, whether it's to stay or to leave, or if it's just to have a difficult conversation with your partner about whatever it is, you know, whether it's about kids or money or, um, your business, whatever it is, you know, that will definitely help you guide the the way. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about intimacy because that's often something that women struggle with when they don't feel good in mm-hmm. their skin. How can a woman navigate intimacy while dealing with body image issues? Yeah. So I think that it has to do a lot with open communication. And I think for for me, for my partner that. I eventually just pushed away because I was in no place to be intimate at that time. Um, it was because I, I didn't even know what was going on for myself. And so I couldn't share anything with him. All I knew was that like, he might see a role in my belly. And so I think that the more that you can, um, you know, lean into your safety container to feel like, what do you need to, uh, you know, what do you need to, what do you need to have in your relationship to feel safe, to talk about uncomfortable topics, to, to talk about, um, things that, um, are incredibly exposed to make you feel very vulnerable. Um, I think that's really the most important, the important thing. And I think the other thing that is really interesting about the word intimacy and my coach, um, pointed this out to me is that intimacy is like saying into me, I see really fast. Um, (laughs) so intimacy is we always think about it as the like how will the other partner see me and usually we're talking about it in a like in a naked sense in a sexual sense right um but intimacy is just clear it's just simply just looking into myself and the more that you can look into yourself um you know whether it's working with a coach or journaling or you know having some sort of yoga meditation practice practice, the more you can look into yourself, the easier it'll be for, I don't know if easier is the right word, but the more, um, 
possible it'll be, I think, for you to allow someone else to basically see into you. Um, And the other thing is that intimacy isn't just physical intimacy. And this is something that my clients all the time struggle with, um, especially ones who feel like they're only attracting men who want sex. Um, and that's that intimacy isn't just physical intimacy, but there's emotional intimacy. There's, um, you know, mental in- intimacy. I mean, there's lots of other ways to be intimate with someone. Um, and when you can look at those different avenues of being intimate with someone that's not just sex, then you just add kind of sex into, or, you know, just any kind of physical intimacy into that equation, then it seems so much more, uh, natural than, you know, just basically going from like more or less platonic, uh, relationship to all of a sudden sex. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with like attractiveness too. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like you can be attracted to somebody, but not necessarily think that they're like physically attractive. Yeah. You yeah. know, like there's Absolutely. like that, that, that exists. And so mm-hmm. I guess it's like, I mean, intimacy and attractiveness go are, are very, you know, intertwined, I think in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. So you're more familiar with the dating scene. What are your suggestions mm-hmm. for meeting new potential dates? If someone isn't into online dating? Oh man, this is, I get this question all the time. And that is that I th- I think most times when women aren't meeting people and they want to, they're not going to do online or they're just not interested in that is simply just opening your eyes because there's people everywhere and there's not like one specific place or a type of place to go to, to, to meet people. I mean, people meet people all the time, um, like coffee line at Starbucks or, or um, on the subway, if you live in a city or, um, uh, you know, even like through friends or through friends at work or something like that. Um, a couple other things that are a little bit more, um, you know, modern in our time. Um, meetup groups are really huge in some cities. I think it's dependent on the city, but in Dallas where I live, meetup is huge. Um, and I think a lot of people have met both friends and um, romantic partners through meetups. Um, also, just figuring out like like what are you interested in, and then joining some sort of like club or group. So. Um, it can be like a running club or I don't know, some sort of like my friends in a Plato group where she talks about they get together and talk about Plato philosophy every other Sunday. Wow. So just, I know. Like there's like that's actually a meetup group. That's so, pretty niche. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, just like figuring out like like there's there's people out there. I just think that sometimes we live in this or we have this mindset of like waiting for things to happen to us, but just make things happen. Like I don't believe in like soulmates or, you know destiny, so to speak, but I do believe in creating serendipity and you create serendipity just by being open to new experiences, like talking to people with no attachment, like no attachment to whether or not like this person will ask you on a date or this person will end up being your husband or your boyfriend or your partner or whatever. And just like being open to new experiences, I think really changes a lot for, for people. And it's all, and it, that kind of goes into, I'll just say this really briefly is just the mindset. You know, if a lot of you know, my clients say like, oh, well, guys ignore me or there's no men anywhere or I never meet any guys, you know, that's going to create your reality. Like it's kind of like a guy going into a bar wanting to get in a bar fight. Like it's going to happen because that's what he intended to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's like the same thing, perhaps on a more subtler level, if you just believe that, you know, men aren't, there's no good men or you're not meeting anyone or they all ignore you, whatever it is. Well, if you just changed your belief, um, I think that will change a lot of people's reality. And then lastly, I've 
don't really have personal experience doing this, but I've heard a lot of my clients having really fun with speed dating. Um, so that might also be something to play with. I think it's becoming a bigger thing these days. Um, and yeah, so it might be something fun to play with. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about like the actual in-person interaction, but yeah, I love how you mentioned taking charge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, you know, that, I mean, that just should be applied to all areas of our life. Like if yeah. you want something, go and get it and ask for yeah. it. Um, yeah. you know, that's something that I try to practice myself and it's, it's amazing. Cause it's like, you know, mm-hmm. when you ask for something, you know, you can often just get it and it's, yeah. it's all good, you know? Yeah. We just have like all of these fears in our mind, like, oh my God, I'm going to be rejected or they're going to say no, or they're going to think I'm weird or, you know, what I mean, I totally understand the mental chatter cause I was, I was there and it still always creeps up. I mean, it never goes away. It's just a matter of becoming more resilient to all that chatter and just doing it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, uh, yeah, taking charge and just making things happen in your dating life rather than thinking things happen to you. Yeah. I just had this thought and I was thinking, okay, so, um, you know, a lot like you, you yourself said you were a perfectionist and I, you know, like I basically pretty much all the women I work with are perfectionists because we Mm -hmm. don't feel like we're ever good enough and we have to gain approval. But then we apply that to a relationship as well. Like, and we think that a relationship has to be perfect. And so Mm -hmm. Would you say like there's something to be said about having an imperfect relationship? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. And for for me, like I I'm a recovering perfectionist, and for a long time, I just transferred my perfectionism. Like it was on my body for a long time, and then it was on you know it was definitely I projected it onto my schoolwork and grad school and all that stuff, and then projected it onto dating and then to my job and then to my business. And then I definitely projected it some into my current relationship with Stevie. And it, it it was like, and then I was like literally involving somebody else. And, and so it's just something that I always deal with. Um, it's never going to go away. Like I, like everyone else, I have, I have bad days. Um, whether wherever I'm projecting my perfectionism that day. Um, but I, you know, it's just, it's so hard to, to sit there and watch like Hollywood and all these rom-coms and, uh, sex in the city and all that stuff. I mean, yes, we might love it, but oh my gosh, it, um, it does a lot of harm to, to, I think women and, and just really to people in general interested in being in a relationship, because I think it projects this idea of like this grandiose, perfect relationship. And it's just never like that. Relationships are messy. They are, definitely opportunities for growth and something that, you know, you're always learning about yourself and the other person and how you relate to other people. Um, you're always, I mean, you're just always growing and it's just, uh, but you know, I think what, why people, I think, you know, what makes it worth it is just, you know, having that, not just the partnership, but just how like getting to share your, um, your experiences, your life experiences with another person makes it all worth it despite the messiness that, you know, yeah, that comes with it. Yeah. Everything I learned about relationships came from 90210. And so mine were like <laughs> filled with like so much drama and like yelling. And like, I was like, I'll slam down the phone and yell at you and then 
call you back in tears. Please take me back. I love you. Like that was like basically like 10 years of my life before I met my husband. So, uh, (laughs) TV does horrible things to us. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's hard to know. Like, and this is actually something that, you know, my clients always struggle with is, well, how do I know? Like if I'm just comparing myself to a Hollywood relationship or if the relationship really is bad and I should, and I should leave. And, and I think, you know, there's, difference of opinions and there's a lot of ways to look at it but I think at the end of the day your partner lifts you up and so even if Stevie and I are in a fight or I had a really horrible day or whatever like he um he always lifts me up like he 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 never puts me down even when we're you know really angry at each other we really disagree with something like it's just there's not there's no like putting each other down mm-hmm. Because I think that's just like so detrimental on a very, very deep level to put somebody down. So that's, you know, that's my opinion. And that's where I think for me, like where I would draw the line for most relationships, like, okay, people fight, people have disagreements. There are things that Steve and I will never agree on and like, whatever, (laughs) you know, like we have the big things in place. Um, And despite everything, we lift each other up. Yeah. Yeah. Unconditional respect and love, you know, like you can have a disagreement, but yeah, that's that. I mean, that's that's a deal breaker to me too, and it, it breaks my heart when I have clients that have that type of environment in their in their mm-hmm. household where they have a partner that brings them down. Like whether it's they criticize them about their food or their body. I mean, we mm-hmm. could do like a whole other episode on that, oh but yeah, it, I mean, that breaks that, my heart too. <laughs> that to me is just like a deal breaker. I'm like you, yeah, because how are yeah. you gonna ever? love yourself unconditionally if if you're letting other people treat you that way oh my gosh yeah yeah um well as we wrap things up here the last question I ask all of my guests is what is the most fearless thing that you have done oh my goodness the most fearless thing I've done I think well you know I think actually it was a year and a half ago deciding that I was going to quit my job start this business from scratch and move to a state I had never been to before from Washington DC. I live in Texas now. And I looking back, I'm like, wow, I'm glad everything worked out, but there's definitely room for a lot of things to not work out, but I, for for it to not work out, but I did it anyways. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. So good. That's amazing. Um, well, thank you so much for all of your time. Where can people find more of you, Veronica? Yeah. So the best way to connect with me is at my website, veronicagrant.com. And if you're interested in dating yourself, I have a neat little guide, 37 ways to date yourself. Um, so it should help inspire a lot of uh, dates in the future. Um, and then I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I think you should search Veronica Grant and you'll find me. Cool. Yeah. You'll find everything for this episode in the show notes at summer forward slash F R R dash 64. That's six, four. Well, thank you so much, Veronica. It was awesome having you. Thank you. It was wonderful. Yeah. I will talk to you later. Rock on. <laughs> If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes to leave me a review. It will take two seconds and I would be super grateful. Click on reviews and ratings and then click to rate. Easy peasy. You can do it on your phone right now, just while you're driving even. Just kidding. 
And don't forget to head to summerinandin.com or thebodyimagecoach.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rocking your bod plus the 10-day body confidence makeover plus your exclusive invite to my free online community all for free. Free, free, free. Cool. All right. Until next time, rock on. Rock on.